0: Oasis, Wonderwall. Good morning, good evening, good night, ladies and gentlemen, listeners and readers. This is Bud Talks Podcast, episode 214. You notice I didn't skip a number. I don't think anybody pays attention to that, besides myself anyway. I'm actually playing this little Oasis in the background while it's playing. The reason why I'm playing this song is it has a lot to do with uh, what transpired over the weekend. I watched the fight. What a fight. Fight of the year. Fury Tyson, the trilogy. And I'm actually get back to Wonderwall here in a moment, but I just want to talk about that fight and those of you who don't know, I actually trained boxing. I haven't actually been to see my coach in a couple of years now, but After college, I started training, and I was always contemplating if I actually wanted to take a smoke fight, an amateur fight, or whatnot, and I was going to up until I started to focus on writing a little bit more and kind of got away from me just through the journey and struggles of developing a book or whatnot, and back in 2019, it was June 2019 to be exact, and. I was sparring with one of these young guys and, you know, he hit me in the rib and I buckled. And for about a month or two, my rib wasn't, wasn't right. So at the same time, I was trying to write a book and I just had to be honest with myself. And it's a different beast to be a fighter. And not that I'm never going to do it again. I still box in my gym and I have a bag out in my workout gym and weights. And that's pretty much how I keep. Boxing is a skill, you know, I do it through bodily meditation and just kind of let my fist and body swing or whatnot. But, you know, boxing is a different type of sport, you know, like whoever the commentator said when um, one of the Paul brothers knocked out Nate Robinson, you don't get in the ring and play around. You know, it's not like basketball where you can just go and do a pickup game at a park or at an open gym. You know, boxing is something where a lot of fighters, you know, they put their lives on a line in front of millions of people. And I understood that early on because, you know, the bruised rib wasn't the first injury i ever suffered. I mean, I've had, uh, I mean, lips busted, nose bleeding. I mean, I've had a whiplash where I couldn't even move or get out of bed. Um, you know, just certain joints not really reacting the right way and, Let me tell you, it's like I said, you don't play around with the game of boxing. And watching the Fury Tyson fight on Friday, excuse me, Saturday night, um, I was really excited for it because, I mean, I haven't ever watched a trilogy. You know, I've always kind of stayed away from watching boxing too much because of the, I mean, there's hype and then there's the letdown eventually. Because most boxing matches, especially, I mean, for example, like the Pacquiao And who was it? Pacquiao and Mayweather fight didn't really live up to the hype that I was kind of excited to see. And it, I mean, there was a letdown then, but I mean, all three fights, Tyson Fury, you know, definitely played up to its hype. And just seeing, did I say Tyson Fury? I mean, Wilder and (laughs) Fury, excuse me. I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm trying to change this song. Some ratchet music just turned on here. Anyways, so Fury Wilder. um, Wasn't surprised by the ending. Because even in fight two, Wilder showed ramen legs. Um, Even in fight one, you know, I was kind of surprised he was able to go the route, go the distance, 12 rounds. Because, and it was a draw. Which a lot of people say Fury might have won fight one. And... You know, he only really won fight two because of the um, knockdown, the knockout. But nonetheless, I mean, I'm not a boxing professional. I'm not, you know, I don't really study this shit like most commentators do. You know, your Max Kellerman's, your Andre Bertels, or uh, Andre Rohr, excuse me. But uh, essentially, I mean, understanding the sport, having experienced it for years and being coached by, you know, a great coach here in Portland. Um, You know, Stamina, I think, won that fight. Stamina won it for Fury. And it seems as though, you know, watching Wilder in all three fights is that he does rely on one, maybe two moves. And early on in fight three, you know, he was going for the body jabs. And it's almost as if that exhausted him by round three because – he was breathing out of his mouth early round two. I mean, he was kind of showing those jelly legs by the end of round two, round three. And I just don't understand, you know, especially with Fury. I mean, everybody talks about his dad bod. I mean, boxing is a skill. It's a thinker sport. I mean, obviously with strength and skill and you know the just pure heart beast passion grit I mean you got to have all that but there's a big thinking aspect of it there's a strategy into it and you know Fury kind of came out very poised Wilder had a little bit more of a strategy early on which didn't hold up obviously but maybe it would have if seemingly he had the stamina to withhold that you know body jab because he knocked him down twice In round three or four, was it? Yeah, he knocked him down. After getting knocked out, (laughs) Excuse me, he got knocked down in round two. Came back round three, knocked him down twice, and almost got a knockout, I think it was round 10. Um, Yeah, Wilder almost, you know, he had him stunned at the end of round 10. But, I mean, again, you know, we all kind of see what plays out in training when the fighters are all alone in that four-square, Roped section, and I mean, I as a boxer, you kind of learn to let go of emotions and feelings. I don't feel bad for Wilder at all. I mean, I mean, you get what you expect and not what you expect. But overall, I think most of the viewers, if not all, everybody got what they anticipated, which was a very good fight. And shout out to Wilder once again because, I mean, he did lay it all down the line no matter how tired he got. I mean, I haven't watched any post-interviews with either of them besides the one where Fury sings his heart out. But Wilder just, I think in Fight 2, he kind of used the excuse of his costume in the beginning. Getting his outro costume, you know, his, excuse me, his uh, walk-in costume was too heavy and he got exhausted with that, which I think is bullshit. And by the way, uh, Wilder was chiseled like a fucking Greek god, like, just sculpted out of the fucking 12th century, like, looking like a damn Egyptian ruler, like, just coming back from the dead to avenge his old self's failure, like, he had a lot of muscle. I do look like a damn... I don't know. He looks pretty damn good, but it didn't quite pay off. But again, he lasted a lot longer than I thought he would. I thought he was going to be down by around five or six, just by the way he was fighting by round two and three. But again, you know, I think his knockdowns—him knocking down Fury in round four—he definitely. Redeemed himself throughout the fight, and just that's just that's his pure heart. I mean, you know, you know, you're relying on the bombing right hand to knock his ass out. Now you almost got him. I mean, you'll probably beat him. I think Wilder would beat Fury, maybe one or two times out of a ten. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating the guy, dude. But I mean, the hell do I know? I don't know shit. It just seems as though Fury's the the better guy. I mean, Fury's the more skilled. Just unpredictable. But that body, though. I mean, the dude's just unpredictable. You know, his legs are small. His body's like... But yeah, good fight. Good fight. After the fight, there was... Two commentators, you know, kind of recapping the fight. It was Andre Ward and Max Kellerman, who was, you know, obviously analyzing what happened. And it's usually what happens after any sports events, you know, the two guys, they kind of talk about it. And there was a song playing in the background, and it wasn't loud enough or clear enough. Obviously, their voices, the comment, Kellerman and Ward's voices were the main audio so i couldn't shazam the song in the background but i was trying to uh, figure out what song it was because i've heard it before i'm an 80s babies grew up in the 90s and a lot of the rock songs that you know withhold the test of time you know we hear 20 30 years later and wonderwall is one of them and wonderwall was that song playing in the background at MGM, or was that fight at MGM, I think, or wherever the fight was taking place at. It was a song that I was playing in the background while they were doing the post-fight analysis. And again, I couldn't Shazam it, and I didn't know the name of it, but I've heard it since I was in middle school. Uh, the song came out in 94, Wonderwall by Oasis. And I don't know why I like that song or it attracted me, or I wanted to kind of figure out what song it was. But for some reason, I was thinking to myself, how do I find this song? If I listen a little bit closer, drown out their voice and just kind of hear some lyrics. But the song was, I just heard the beat and then the voice. The guy who sings it, I think he's the guy that wrote the song, I forgot his name, but he's a part of the band. Originally, Oasis was about his girlfriend who he was then going to marry, but then um, I believe they took it as some type of, or maybe it's the other way around, he t- they took it as some type of an imaginary friend who was going to save him. But uh, essentially the song is about, you know, imagining someone coming to save you. Imagine if there's someone is coming to save you. You know, he goes, today, there's going to be the day I'm going to throw it back to you. <laughs> he has such a dope voice. like. And I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, i listen back to this part. feel so stupid because I probably sound like a dope. <laughs> but essentially, you know, in life... here it goes. Here comes the digest. You know, songs are the vehicle. And how we interpret it is the digest. Most of us do wait for somebody to come and save us. And uh, I don't think that's the case. Personally, it's not the case. Although it can be. I mean, if you're awaiting a spouse or you're wedding a partner in life to change you there's nothing wrong with that but I think the time in between you kind of have to take on the reality that even if they do come I mean if they leave who are you then? I mean you can't really or you shouldn't rather project your reality, reality or personality onto people because people suck they let you down And there's always a void to feel. Because even if you do get that person who's going to change you, I mean, you do kind of have to look back at yourself and say, "Who who am I without this person? What am I without this person? I usually try to ask the question, why am I? Without this person. And once you can answer that question, you kind of do understand the purpose, or maybe not purpose, but what your drive is. And it really comes down to understanding the vehicles that project you forward. One of the vehicles that project me forward is finding new music, whether it's from the past or as an artist releases a new song. And I have, a, I have a really kind of keen attachment or a keen interpretation of sound, emotion, and music and how it all goes together. I'm always looking into where a song comes from. Just in same with movies. I mean, I'm always trying to figure out where the writer and director and producers and actors meet in one. And they don't always meet in one. And sometimes you can see that in the final piece of art, whether it's music, movies. And I've I've always felt music as some kind of bridge. You know, you can escape time through music. You know, you go back to the 90s with Oasis, Wonderwall. And I think Wonderwall has... You know, withheld the test of time just because, I mean, like I said earlier, the artist, um, I'm actually look this guy up and see who the hell he was. But he basically was leaving it out. I mean, eventually it's left out for interpretation of the listener, which is not always the case, but it's Noel Gallagher. You know, generally speaking, you can interpret anything, any way you want. Specifics come down to what's happening in the test in the, you know, moment of time. And if it's too trendy, it dies. But evergreen lasts forever. So, this is Bud Talks Podcast 214. Good morning, good evening, and good night. Tomorrow, I'll have so much more.